0: Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get a ball and though when he wanted it.
1: Still a goat. Yeah, he is.
2: You can't have multiple goats. I don't think that. I don't think that. that that's uh, how it works.
0: You can. What's a what's a group of goats called?
1: Goats plural. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. Right? What What is a collection of goats? Oh, I what know it, what it is.
0: It's
1: called called the BA Show. Yes. Oh, um, wow. Let's that's, make <laughs> that's big buck.
0: Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Welcome to the BA Show. Monday, the 13th of November. We are rock solid in the thick of off-season right now. We are right in the silence of off-season. Um, I've got Pommy with me. I've got Ari with me. We've got... Uh, Wow, we're covering quite a few quite a few decades here between the three of us. How are you boys?
2: Good look, that's that's the biggest back ended compliment ever.
1: Look look at the pop <laughs> shots starting. Already. We're already a minute and a half in. It's a home wow. game for me. Okay,
0: I, got, I got sensitive sensitive pom and sensitive Ari tonight. Fair play.
2: Well, no, that's <laughs> awesome. yeah, I, I, I'm I am i I'm I'm youthful. That's fine. Keep telling me that. Good. We
0: are all youthful. Um Yeah. That's what's that's the situation, Ari. What what do you do in off season, mate? I ask Pom every week. What do you do in off season?
2: Well, just the the same old uni. Well, uni's finished now, which was not that I really attended many classes, but um, yeah, work and the the football podcast, which is still running weekly, and yeah, just kicking about.
0: How is the two, How is the two footed tackle podcast?
2: It's good record an episode today that's going to go out tomorrow yeah. at 5 p.m um yes yeah, ticking along ticking along nicely there's a there's a lot, a lot of interesting storylines happening in the round ball world so um it's keeping me very entertained can't, I can't say that I can't say that's not I've
0: got to give you some props as well for I think you've nailed the backdrop you've you've done it
2: well it's funny you mentioned that actually so I don't know yeah, funny you mention that. Well, actually, Ronaldinho is directly behind me and Pelé actually were swapped. But I come home yesterday to find that both Ronaldo and Ronaldinho had fallen and they had stuck to each other. And in the process of me trying to separate them, they're both a little bit ruined. So I had to just do a bit of refurnishing and put the good one where it's visible and hide Ronaldinho. So,
0: so. so who's yeah. going to go in the bottom right? You got? I feel like you've got one more to go.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I think I'll, I kind of like an uneven number or maybe I put another prop. I got the horse here. Maybe I'll put another prop in that corner.
0: Can I, If I send you something, will you put it there? Of course. It's not soccer though. That's fine. It's Jack Sylvani. It's a cartoonized Jack Sylvani. It actually will fit perfectly.
2: That, mate, feel free. Feel absolutely All free. Right. That works.
0: I mean, you're on the Blue Abroad show on a Monday and there's not an ounce of AFL behind you.
2: Horse,
1: John Longmore. That's clever. Well played. You.
0: Well played, Ari. How, how to get yourself out of trouble with Ari darkos I like that. Thinking on your toes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Pommy, what's going on, mate? It's, um, well, it's uh, it's silent season for a lot, but not for you. You have just you just keep going with draft. We're in a thick of draft, which we're going to touch on tonight. Um, what's going on?
1: Oh, mate, a uh, lot of draft stuff. Uh, Ramped up, been invited on a few pods this week So you'll see my dulcet tones or my pretty face Dependent on what medium they use Um, So yeah, really ramped up this week Which we've been doing all the time So the Pommie and Oz channel is the channel that never sleeps It's uh, we with the Al Jazeera TV of the uh, AFL 24-7 yeah, 24-7. Hey, you got the reference there, Terry. I was like, that might go on people's ends, that one. Terry's Terry's onto it. On the ball, mate. On the ball. Uh, hey, everyone
0: in the audience. Chills, Peter Hayward, Christian, Marcos, Thomas, Rowan, Paul, Sandra, Julie. Uh, Joe's here. Joe's an incident, man. Hey, Joe. Good to have you here, mate. The He's, Chubby uh, Joe.
1: What, what a man. man from the Center yeah. Bounds podcast
0: yes yes good to have you here my friend tyler kate lou amir it's all happening it's all happening uh let's begin let's start um there's really only one piece of carlton related news for the week if i'm honest and that is the other round was announced um it was yeah what is, what was your initial reaction to gather around, guys?
2: Um, gather around, yeah i I was quite vocal on on the rest um, earlier this year about I didn't really like gather Round until it happened, and I was like, oh, this is actually okay. Um, I was just praying that we didn't cop Port or Adelaide. Um, I just, yeah, I know, in an ideal world, we don't have that because for some reason, whatever it is, Adelaide Oval is cursed. So let's just. I think I thought let's just get hopefully get a side that probably a little bit lower down on the table just to maybe make it a little bit more of a quarantined win. And I mean, depending on how free I do at the start of the year, who knows? But yeah, I thought I was happy with it. Happy with it. Yeah.
0: Pommy, first time we we may, we may win our first game at Adelaide Oval next year.
1: Yeah, um, we, we may do. We may do. Um, oh, we should do. We should do. We will do. We will do. We will um, do. Who is that? <laughs> we will do. I mean, it's um, one of them things. The gather round I find is a really interesting concept. Um, I, I'd question the AFL's validity on does an area that has incredible support for two big clubs need more football? and the big offset with GWS. And Gold Coast has been attendance. And the AFL have been very vocal of using the Hobart Hurricanes as the simile for why Tasmanians should get a game, a team there and that their vivacious support. I, I do question that because cricket is four hours and it's a Mickey Mouse version of the real thing, which is test cricket. Everyone knows one day internationals and T20. It's, it's pretend sport. Um, but why isn't the Gav around in, in Tasmania for me? For me mm. now, if I was the AFL and the powers that be, I'd be like, we've got to create an excitement factor for three years to get people used to going to the footy, getting used to it. It should be in there. So I'd question Gav around why it's in Adelaide, which is brilliant for people in South Australia. It's easy for me to say as a plastic Victorian um that we've got a lot of footy, but for me, Tasmania is the most logical sense. Open the market for when you have a team, but there it is. That's why I'm not in the AFL, because I I, I think beyond what I can touch.
0: Why don't we do a (laughs) gather round every year in every state? As in, four gather rounds. Just take take a show on the road. Ari, Why?
2: No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, can, can you can you do a gather round in Victoria? Is that not just like most weekends of footy?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, apart from Victoria, I don't think I don't we know. need to gather yeah. round in Victoria. We have um, one.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, I think there's probably issues with the fixture, but then again, the fixture is as imbalanced anyway. So it doesn't I don't, I don't really think you can get much worse with that. Um well, they they've got the contract to Adelaide for what the next four years, including yeah. this year, something along those ones. So, um, look, I thought I thought I did it really well last year. Obviously, of course, Adelaide Oval being the, the centerpiece kind of stadium, and then obviously going to Norwood and I don't know where else they went, La Barossa or, or other places, but I, th- I feel like they did it well. And I mean, the template was there from the NRL, and we just kind of copied it and it's it worked. So, um, I don't know how many years down the line we're going to get till we have four gather rounds a year, but um. I don't know. Will you go? I'm planning on it do, okay. with, with variables depending, but in an ideal world, I'll be there, yeah, because I, I didn't go this year and I got a little bit of FOMO. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed I will get there. And yeah. also our game's at a great time for it as well.
0: Yeah. Those of you at home watching, if you didn't go to Gather Round in 2023, are you leaning towards going more, more this year? Or sorry, more in 2024? Uh I, I actually am. Last year I was I couldn't have cared less about Gather Round. I thought it was a bit whatever. I just it didn't excite me. I didn't really get it. And then I saw it on TV and I, I kind of I understood what they were trying to do and I actually I actually might make a weekend of it. I feel more inclined to go now that I've seen a year. Pommy, will you I, go? I,
1: I well, I mean I'll be doing this, Why? I I'll be doing a watch along. So, will yeah. I go? No, I'll, I'll have my own gather round. Every every week is gather round for POM, But, no, I, I I love the concept of gather round. I think we need more football in areas. Do you know what I mean? Areas that probably need to see the game. I think South Australia is a wonderful place to go and I've got no issue with that. Um, but, like, just for me, I think with Tasmania coming in, that that's... For me, that's the big thing. We don't want another team that 18 teams subsidise. Well, 16 teams subsidise, let's be honest. So, for me, I just feel like it's a great concept. The four year deal, fantastic. The four year deal would have been better for me selling it off after Tassie come. But I just feel that you you can see what's going to happen, can't you? You can see Tasmania are going to come in and the Tasmanians are manic support and they're going to get around it. But the populace just isn't there. And you would have thought, let's get them used to it very quickly and get people there. So, yeah. But I, th- I think it's a wonderful concept. And by all reports and from the TV, it looked amazing. And every South Australian I meet knows their football and they're passionate. So I can't wait to see it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The trademark 80. wood with the 80 <laughs> says 2024 is ours for the taking. Good evening to you, my friend. I think I saw something today. Aren't they doing an announcement tomorrow in Tassie? Yeah,
2: there's Did a presser. There is a presser,
0: yeah. They're yeah. A pre- yeah, like, an un- like they're, not, they're not telling us what it is, but there is a presser tomorrow. Yeah, I I've
2: thought, got... I thought I've we already had a presser
0: question. to confirm that we're doing a Tasmanian team.
2: Uh, i probably like to announce something else, I assume. Like a... I don't know. But I, I assume it's probably like a development of...
0: Maybe something. it's a gather round. Another one. Maybe they were watching. Maybe they were watching last week, Pommy. Maybe they're going to announce another gather
2: round next week, uh, tomorrow tomorrow morning. Would that make it a 26-round year? Could be. It, it,
1: it could be. I, I mean, it's probably more likely they've announced the coach, haven't they, or something. Yeah, they'd, uh, they've announced some loomery from Tasmania to be the poster child of it. It, it, it won't be anything exciting. Or yeah. it could be what we used to have during COVID. Do you remember... Gil had the art of calling a press conference to tell you that there was a press conference tomorrow. That was probably my favourite Gil moment during COVID. Love he, that. He, he can speak a lot without saying anything. It's great. We love yeah. Gil.
0: Albert says, gather round should be in areas that need development, not Adelaide. That's an interesting take there. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Uh, Clinton. Gather round for South Australian. Dream time round for Alice Springs and Darwin. Like that.
1: Yeah. Well, they, well they didn't it been good. I didn't have I think Brian's, if we had it like the World Cup, it was a yearly thing that people bid for it, made it like the World Cup, bid for it. Why do we have it in yours? That would be cool as well. I, I like that. I think I used to like, you know, when we used to play at the community grounds, like Ballarat and stuff, I froth yeah. that. I froth that. Yeah.
0: Uh, Paul, uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will go check out the Penfolds, try and get an invitation to that million dollar spend at budget last year. Sounded like a hoot. Um, speaking of the fixture, so we now know, we kind of know, I think four or five of our fixtures already. We know if the reports are right, we know that it's Brisbane first up, Richmond second, Essendon, uh, Fremantle in Gather Round, uh, Essendon for King's Birthday Eve, North Melbourne, that's six for uh, Good Friday. Are there any, is there anything before the fixture comes out that you want from the fixture in terms of teams you want to play twice or things that you're looking out for from the fixture?
2: I, I ideally, well, it's always like the Collingwood games are the one that you look out for the most. I, I, I actually wouldn't mind playing Collingwood like very late on in the season like the last round last two rounds i don't know i feel like it, it, it builds a suspense especially because both of us should probably be up there um in the upper stanzas of the of the ladder so um yeah Collingwood Carl in like round 23 get some revenge for for two years ago um that'd be
1: good pom Uh not really, no. I mean, it's like Ari knows it. The rivals are like that. I, I, I always look for when them games are, hoping that we have one early doors so you get that nice little feeler of where we are. And then one late. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to presumably having a tougher fixture this year. That That's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. And keeping us honest throughout the year, giving us the, 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 the tough ones. So we're going to have questions asked throughout the year, I think. That's where we play our best footy, particularly when we were had such the poor that poor middle part and the fixtures got tougher. That's where we come to shine. And I do feel like even when we were rubbish, our boys seem to rise for the occasion more. I trust Cowton more, MCG Packground versus Collingwood, than I do Cowton versus Gold Coast at Gold Coast in front of twelve thousand people. Uh, I feel a lot more confident when we're going up against the odds versus going up in a, in an easy game. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I really am.
0: Yeah. Jack, you're on the same wavelength as me. So I was thinking about this, um, when I was writing it down, I'm like, what do I want from the fixture? I mean, ultimately whatever, whatever is, is given to us, it is what it is. I don't care. If I had things that I want to see Collingwood twice for sure. I think the way we did it like this season was what round 10, round 20. Perfect. Um, I don't remember. I think it was 2020 was the last time we played Essendon twice in a year. I'd like to play them twice. I don't think we will see West Coast twice in a season. I feel like that'll be... I don't think that'll happen. Um, And I feel like we won't play Gold Coast twice. So if we can replace... There's two games there. Give us Essendon twice and give us... I mean, Richmond, Collingwood and Essendon twice in a year would just... Would be unreal.
2: That's the ideal. You, you'd also want to avoid trips to. You want to avoid as many interstate, and ideally, probably don't want to go down to Geelong if possible. Um, probably don't want to go to Perth if possible. Don't want to go to Queensland if possible. So, um, yeah, we know. can't.
0: Not, we can't. I think we have to do five, right? I think you have to do five interstate.
2: Well, this gathering counts one.
0: Not uh, for us. Home game.
2: Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. So. I mean going to Sydney, I feel like we've had a pretty good track record at the SEG. Um, and even at Giant Stadium. So probably doing that doing that again. Um mm. next year will probably be okay.
0: Yeah. Well, this time next week, Monday, we will have the fixture. We will know. Uh the actual fixture comes out on the sixteenth, I believe. So we'll we'll talk about it then. But then Monday I think we'll we would have had a few days to unpack it over the weekend and And go from there. So oh yeah, Susan, great call. Selfishly, I don't want Sunday graveyard shifts because it just ruins the the blue abroad schedule. It's just it's just too much to pack in. It's like it's real first world problems. Um but I'm with you. If we can limit the Sunday graveyard shifts, that'd be awesome.
2: We well the was it King's birthday will be Sunday night. But I guess it's probably holiday the next day, so yeah, I guess it's okay.
0: What do you guys think about the preseason games? How many do you think we really need before the season starts?
1: I I like multiple, to be honest. Like since they've dropped the two rat- ratified games, you've seen the clubs. Like last year, we had that behind closed doors game, then we had Collingwood, and then we had our official practice game. I feel like it's Mr. Trick that we don't go exactly like Anthony, who was it who said it, about the the countryside games. I I think Clinton, spot on. Wodonga, Shepparton, you know, these rural towns, I think that's great for them and growing the game. And that's my bugbear. I'm not having anything against South Australia having the gather round, but I feel like we look at the draft, the pools are getting shallower and shallower, and we expected that after COVID. A lot of people have defected during COVID to other sports that could play the game where football couldn't in Victoria. I want to grow the game in these rural areas, in NT, in in South Australia, in Western Australia, in Victoria as well. I feel like it's a real big part of it, and I feel like that, that's something that's missed, really. That, that We've lost a big part of it. I enjoyed... The, the mid the pre-season cup. I, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like the fans did as well. And I'm pretty sure the players preferred playing in front of crowds than these nothing behind closed doors games. I, I feel like feel like we've missed something there. and I'm not too sure why they went away.
0: Okay. Chills says that Muldura has spent $50 million on a new sports stadium in Oval, guaranteed they would get more people there than what they would in the Barossa and only half the distance from Melbourne. I was not aware of that. I did not know that 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 happened. Um, There you go. However, the Jura in March will be hot and flooded. There's two sides to every story. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but it's a good chat anyway. Um, Pom, speaking of fan engagement, you had something you wanted to chat about. You picked up from the round ball. What a surprise. Oh, yeah,
1: I did. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've been following Mr. Ange Postacoglu. Thank you to Spurs and, uh, to a lesser extent, Celtic fans for giving a chant. That allowed me to pronounce a Greek name as well. So shout out to uh, you fans there. But no, I, I've been following it really well. And I've been following that Tottenham, whether Calton fans like it or not, are very similar to probably ourselves, particularly two or three years ago, had high hopes, but were very quick to get upset when everyone else knew they weren't going to be good. So, as a Manchester United fan, I'm sure Harry can attest, as a Chelsea fan, you knew Tottenham were finishing fifth at the start of the year, regardless of we've got Harry Kane, the best striker in the world, regardless of Jurgen Klinsmann, when they had him. You knew, you knew what was going to happen. They were going to get to the semi-finals, maybe with one cup, get knocked out and fall away latter part of the season. I was listening to the game where VAR did stiff them, to be fair, and they should feel very, very upset with that Chelsea result. I'm sure Ari didn't though. But one oh, thing that I shallow. enjoyed listening to was one Ang Postacoglu who came into the press conference and where every other... I wasn't comparing Spurs to us. Their fan base very similar to us that they jump off oh, very quickly. I, I, I also took a bit of... uh <laughs> Yeah, I'll just... That's Their fan base gets real excited and then quickly realises where it is. But when you watch... When I was watching Ange straight away, very similar to Vossi towards the end of the year, a little bit more accountability and hearing him blame more of the players and tactics than the things that went off-field. But... I was listening to the fan, the, the head of the fan group at Tottenham, and he was on the radio and he was being really grilled, really grilled saying, are the wheels falling off? Anger's lost a game now, this is it. And it was his attitude to say that we've spent so many years expecting the world, not delivering it, but then getting on the back when we don't get what we want, that the feel-good atmosphere now is there with Ange. Ange has empowered the fans, and it's our duty to sing. And it was a great moment when you watched the Chelsea win to hear the fans stay behind, clap Ange, and the Ange Postacoglu chant ran around the ground. And it really made me think of our own fan base where we had that little blip mid-year where we went off, but then we moved on. We moved on to that next bit of where we did get behind them and everything was synergetic. And I know you share the same thing as me, Terry. I want to see our players now give a bit back. And it was great to see Tottenham did it last night, last night when they lost and against Chelsea, went round the ground, clapped their their fans, did the old, I'm sorry, it wasn't the result we wanted. I think that's a real important next step in our fan engagement. I want to see the players win, lose or draw, Face the fans. Give them a thanks for cheering. Thanks for coming. Because the fans are doing their bit now. So are the players. Let's keep this energy. Because I agreed with the Tottenham fan chief. It's really important we keep this energy going into 2024. Mm. The energy that got them to the finals needs to be repeated one more year. And then the year after and the year after. And we need to never go back to what I was talking about with Tottenham. Over-hyping them and then over-punishing them. We need to go back to we're here, we're a team, you're a team, we're in it together. And I really hope that that comes in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ari, I went to the vict- I went to a victory game last week, the Adelaide victory game. And yeah. one thing that stood out to me when I got there was as the victory players came out onto the field to do their warm-up, they took each of them took a moment to clap each side of the field. To say hello to the fans or like i don't know a thank you for being here i think it's the tiniest little thing but it will make the world of difference as an even just for an image of a bad loss or when they first get onto the field just uh showing them showing some sort of appreciation to the fans i know they do appreciate the fans they say it all the time but i think after a loss in particular when we're a passionate fan base we get pretty hot-headed like all of a sudden You've been apologized to by the players. I think it's so powerful. What do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I mean, I think it kind of, I think the one of the small kind of tastes we got of that was the prelim and when the boys were, they got into the huddle when they walked off, probably a little bit vice versa in the situation of the fans stayed to appreciate yeah. the players. But that in itself created an energy of like, that to me is like one of my favorite moments as a Carlton supporter, despite the loss and despite how I was feeling. Just that image and that feeling of thousands of card supporters staying after a loss to clap the players off, I feel like having that in kind of small micro doses across the year, whether it be a loss, or win before or after games, but having the players do that to the fans, I feel like that just – it just creates just more atmosphere. Like even it just – even that small cheer, it like – two, three, four, five of them as the players come out. It just creates a little bit more of a buzz, creates a little bit more of an atmosphere. And um, we know, I think Pom alluded to it before, that we know our players, our boys perform better under the bright lights. Like we just have a knack for it. So um, I think creating that atmosphere, creating that energy before after games, whether it's a win or a loss, can just help for positive discourse. Because we we saw this year when it wasn't going too well, the discourse did get a little bit toxic at times. So if the if it could just be a united group, a united front across all facets of the club to try and maintain a positive discourse, I feel like that can only help us.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think it'll just cause if you think about what happens after when after a win and after a loss, after a win it's just it's bulk interviews, bulk content. Um 20% off flash sale, it, it's just like we really capitalize on the win. In the loss, it's it's dead silence. And that, that's also okay. I think there's a power in getting on the front foot after a loss in particular and being upfront and honest and showing a level of, I don't know if remorse is the right word, but showing a level of apology to the fans. I think it can really help take the anger from here to here in an instant after a game. So, I'm curious on that.
2: I also think it can help, uh, like the club, not move on for a loss. But the worst, thing, the one thing you don't want is for say on a Friday night, can't lose, and then the whole club and the whole supporter base are dwelling on it for the weekend and for the whole week, and then it just it bruises, it builds, and then it builds pressure on the next game. Whereas if there's almost like a full, almost like a full stop, that the the fans get that closure from the players after a loss, that this has happened and now we move on. I feel like it can almost reset the club for the weekend heading into the new game in a sense.
0: Yeah. This is an interesting point. I think us fans will be slower to judge now the monkey's off the back. For me personally, I was more scared it was just never going to happen rather than what was actually happening week to week. Do you think, Pommy, that because we've seen them uh, contend and actually get to a a finish of the season that's – Fairly good, fairly respectable. Do you think now that we've seen it, it'll help uh, with that patience moving forward? Because prior to this year, it was when are you going to do it. Now it's like you did it, and you you know we want you to continue going.
1: I genuinely think it's it's hard for the players, and I, I, I'll I'll say for why. I think the only working class sport in the world that's remembered who it is is football in Europe, across Europe and across the continent. I think the rest of them, you look at cricket, which isn't really a working-class sport in the UK. It is more so here, but in the UK, it's a man's game. But even if you look at the way the England cricket team have changed, they blame everything other than themselves. Accountability is now a dying art. And you look in football, particularly, I think, Cowton have got themselves to blame to an extent, some of the players, because the accountability was shifted quite a bit, where I think... And I agree with Bugs Bell. I think people didn't want the apology. They wanted to know they were hurting, which they kind of shifted after round 12 and started to humanise and understand the fans. And I think Sam Walsh started that with saying he didn't like the feedback, but he totally understood. And he's been there in the stands feeling that pain. And I think when I look at Rangers, I remember the great Craig Moran, Australian, was one of our first foreign captains And it's very common in Scotland that the captains front the fans at the end of the game. And I'm talking when they get on the bus, they go and talk to them and them fans are happy. Them fans are swearing, they call them everything, but they listen and they answer back and they do get a bit volatile. Craig Moore used to call people over the fence and say, let's have a punch on, say it to my face. And Richard Goff, Big Scott, he used to do it. And James Tavernier now does it. He confronts the fans and goes, okay, if you're going to speak to me like this, Here's my side of it. We are trying. Don't you dare tell me that. I'm protecting my players. I do feel like now I agree with Anthony. I think the monkey's off the back People realise they can do it. And I think it came from love. I know it sounds weird. I think a lot of that hate came from a belief they were better than what they were showing. But I would love to see them use us a bit more. And I'm not saying say sorry because you lost. But I just think an acknowledgement of we didn't get the job done. And instead of like, I think it was, yeah, John nails it. Stop giving the balls out to the kids. Go around the sections of the ground and just go, look, we really appreciate it. You made some noise. It didn't happen today. But you know what? You were brilliant. You were brilliant. We owe you one. And I think that's really important. I think I would love to see sports come in a little bit more and remember working class sport needs people. And I think it's the quickest way to get rid of this mental health issue is acknowledge them, acknowledge them. And Michael Feast nails it. Fans make the club. Without the club, it's just to see. Without the fans, it's just to see with history. It becomes living and breathing because of the 500,000 people around the world who tune in to watch And I think that's where you need to get You need to. get to, and I think that takes away the animosity sometimes. Just a bit of an acknowledgement of, yeah, you've done your bit. We weren't very good today. But we appreciate you and come back next week. And I think that's so important. I feel like most sports around the world, it's not just AFL. AFL probably is the worst, in my opinion, for it, because it's not just Carlton. Loads of clubs disregard the fans. But Mm. I do feel like we should be the best at it because this game has no competition and isn't really relevant anywhere else outside of here. I, I, I just think that is really important. You can't be in it when it's good and then against you when it's bad. We are in it with them. We feel the same as they do, and they probably feel more because they're part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. We can't be throwing, <laughs> throwing shit at them as well. And when I say we, it is a minority. It is a minority. It, it, it's literally like 20 people, 15 I, people. Um, I do
1: find that amusing, though, to be honest. like It happens. It happens yeah. in sport, and... Jesus Christ, if being spat on over the tannoy and having a Coke can thrown at you is the worst, take a look outside your four walls. Life isn't nice. There is idiots in all walks of life. But I think the vast majority of people, and I disagree with Debbie here, because you know what I saw the minute after that? The minute after that, they were universally condemned. I'd say 99.9% of Carlton fans were disgusted with what they saw, which for me is exciting because that means we have got a great fan base. There was not many people saying, oh, they deserved it. Oh, that was hilarious. People were uniting against them and look at the other clubs when something goes wrong. When Betts was racially vilified, there was fans covering up. Cowan fans were very quick to call out the names of the people who were doing that to the players. that They were working against them. And I, they, they were working to get rid of them out of the fan base. And that's why I think Carter needs to be really honoured how great their fan base is because, fucking hell, Terry, we spent two nights changing the rating system because we were accountable and felt like we were piling on negativity. We, we changed ourselves. A lot of the fans did. The noise, the spirituality I started talking about and getting you all up and about. Like, let's be having it right. This fan base is fucking great. So what I'm saying is the club needs to learn to use us. Use us and not be scared of us. Because I'll tell you what, I'm one of the more aggressive fans. At the end of the game, they just said, look, we were shit tonight. I'm not going to be angry because I know you were shit. But just own it. Like, sometimes we're not 12. I think that's what we need to really carry on. Keep doing what we're doing now. Because that was Mm. brilliant the back end of the year.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's move into some draft news. is there anything different to think about than last week from a Carlton perspective?
1: Yeah, I think like I, has I, much I, changed in a week. I, I I think there is. I think um now Kyle Toomey's come round to the fact that Dan Curtin is logically pick four for North Melbourne, if you do it. so
0: We we should have said good evening to Cal Toomey. Hey, mate.
1: Good evening, Cal Toomey and John Ralph. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Much love to you both. I know you're big fans. Um, But no, serious. I I think that really what is really important to look at is I I think there's going to be two shocks in the top 15, which I've got a really big opinion that Cal are going to go in with their first pick and take best available. I'm going to mark my words now there'll be at least three players who are meant to be top 20 that will fall out of that top 20 because of bids and because of actual needs. It's very interesting. This is probably, from 10 to 20, this is probably the most disjointed 10 to 20 with the needs of the teams with picks because there's players that probably won't, shouldn't go there. And this is what people need to get through. This is why I'm loving all the draft content, but people forget about it how a draft works. You don't take the best player. You take the best player for your team. So great argument here is someone like Cooper or Sullivan, if you don't need a key defender, you ain't taking him in the priority of where he is. You're going to take a mid-forward if you need one. So that's where are in a privileged position. We've got our best 25, best 30 maybe with depth. We're taking best player. And that is where we're exciting we're exciting in them two positions, because them two positions there, Nick Austin is gonna be like, right, this guy's eighteenth on my power rankings. Fucking hell he's there. I'm taking him. That's a win. That's a win. And keep a lookout for that. The first eighteen picks, there's gonna I reckon there's gonna be a I reckon there's gonna be four bombs in the first 20. I reckon four absolute fuck-ups that we'll have a good laugh at.
0: Hmm. I saw a, a video on the AFL's YouTube channel today. There's a Greek boy, and I haven't heard you talk about him, Pommy. Young man, Anastopoulos. Is he is he relevant? Is to yeah.
1: It is. Nathan, yeah. So he is... I'm right. only
0: bringing him up because he's Greek and he has a great surname, and we need like a real five-syllable uh, surname in the league, I think. Pop, can you give
2: it a go?
1: First, <laughs> um <laughs> on a show with two greeks am i going to offend them like because you can get upset <laughs> me lot when I i'll give you i'll wrong. give you a whole pass i'll give you a whole pass <laughs> okay say it once and i'll repeat it
0: nathan anastopoulos
1: anastopoulos it's like with with opolis on the end oh you're talking about tom aren't you jalon falcons the forward Yes. That makes sense. There you are. I know you mean now. Geelong Falcons boy. Yeah, he, he's probably on the verge of outside the top 40. Okay. Outside the top 40. Um, You never know, though, with Geelong. Geelong are probably going to... They genuinely stay home. They're a bit like the Eagles. They like to stay mm-hmm. home. And Falcons evidently is interstate to Geelong. They haven't realised that it is still in Victoria. But um, definitely a player. Um, Do I hope we pick him up? um because i have to do the reviews with you terry i hope not because i am never learning that name um but if he comes we'll we'll adapt and we'll work out a way of saying his name
2: yeah just get, just get someone to dub yeah. it over every time
1: you just say it just click a button <laughs> <Hit> a button <laughs> yeah i'll give him a, a a nickname that's how i get away with it
0: i don't know if there's anything um i don't know anything about his ability i just i saw his name and I noticed that you have not mentioned him at all. I didn't know if he was worth it. Why of do you mention. think that is? <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. I didn't know if you were avoiding him. So,
1: no, nah, no, nah, he is actually in a video. So, we are up yeah. to 40, I think, okay. in our pocket previews. So, he will be in the next wave. So, yeah, watch me dance around his surname. <laughs> Enjoy that. Just think anesthetic and then Opalos. Terry Astro will say anesthetic, and that's what? A Latin word that's converted to English.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And oh, that's two less syllables. <laughs> hey, Ari,
0: um, what do you think we should be looking out for in this draft? Not like, I mean, unless you know players, like, sure. But, like, in terms of positionally, what do you think we need to be stocking up with?
2: Um, I think overall, our list is in a pretty solid spot. Um, I don't think there's any. Are probably part barring small forward, but that's I mean been covered ad nauseum, right? So um, apart from that, there's probably not, in my opinion, any glaring issues. Um, I don't know, I don't know the draft order too well. Um, probably outside the top fifteen. So, and I doubt anyone that I know will probably fall to us. But um, I reckon just yeah, just best available, maybe. Although I mean, when you look at, I feel like in some positions we've got good depth. Like we've got our our. St- starting 22 are very good and then it falls off quite drastically, like K forward, he got Charlie and Harry and then it goes to Harry Lemmy, so it's like a a draft day probably can't bridge that gap, especially at about pick 20. Same with the Rucks, we don't know what Murkov's going to be looking at, um, or Hudson or KFL, they're going to develop. So um, Yeah, probably just best available and I guess we'll just have to wait and see, because we could very easily develop, or find another uh, Ollie Hollands or a lucky Cow and out of out of our two picks in the twenties, or we could go the other way. So
1: I guess it's a wait and for... see.
0: Fair. All right. Uh, another one.
1: That was professional fence sitting as well. I that think. was I just... absolutely brilliant. I just want to let it go. I'm Like, okay. Can, so... I, can I just say, I, I've done this with three years with Terry, who's the master at doing that. That is, that's that's visionary. What you just did, I am, I am in arghida, in awe. <laughs> just if you want if you, if you want
2: lessons on how to avoid a question there you
0: go you could have just said i don't know
2: yeah but <laughs> I, i've, so I've got a here. reputation to maintain
1: you know, <laughs> i should have done best... that when terry asked me to pronounce tom's name you should have helped me get around it
0: <laughs> um i should have prepared you for that question my bad
1: <laughs> no my, that, that's good that's it's good i actively. just thought
0: you know like uh throw something at you and and see see that's what threw well. her
1: I was no. enjoying it, to be honest. I could listen to it all day. I was like, "He's he's nailed this." Yeah, <laughs> Not going to be an absolute fantastic husband. Yes, yes, just yeah. Correct. Learn for the best.
2: Uh, yes. Yes, no, <laughs> just, yeah. I'll learn for the best. From the best.
0: Um, okay. <laughs> Speaking of the draft and the coverage, um, do you think it's time to up the game? with how the under-18 championship is covered so that we have more of a knowledge base as to who they are before they come? Or do you think we already know them well enough?
2: I I think there's pros and cons. I think the, the, the cons, I think i would address that first, is basically take Harley Reid and just amplify that. Obviously, to a lesser extent, but if you're going to cover the, the, the kids a lot more and you're going to put the spotlight on them from a footballing perspective, the negative to that is they're going to be judged a lot more. Um, and the constant discourse around them could lead to, but we obviously all know how, not to say backwards, but how potentially toxic at times discourse around sports can be. So um, you're just running that risk. You'd like to think that people would be very cordial, cordial even, um, and Sit down the line with it, but there's always that risk.
0: No, so what I'm talking about is showing more of the season, not individual spotlighting. What I yeah, mean no, I, is, yeah. or play more find a way to play more of the games where it's going to be viewed on Foxtel or on you know on the on the network.
2: Yeah, I, I think that kind of comes like kind of by proxy. Like if you're covering more of the games and you're, you're televising them a lot more than the talk around them is going to be a lot more. So I think that's sort of a calm, but also in the when you're looking at it from a positive perspective, what you touched on just before about having a better understanding about who these players are um, and not leaving the fans of clubs in the dark around it, I think is something that we just generally, regardless of how you do it, I think you need to improve it regardless.
1: Pom? 100%. And to Ari's point, I would actually say that the coverage is so poor. That's why you get Harley Reed's situation where he was effectively bullied for six months by journalists because they didn't want him to go to West Coast, so they were going through his tweets. I mean, just imagine that. We are in a professional spot where there was journalists going through a 17-year-old's Instagram feed to see what he's liked. Like That is the level... If intellect I am competing with when I'm doing my draft content. People going through his Insta, looking to see if he has a Chihuahua or a Dalmatian as a pet. And I 100% agree with you, Terry, because you see, the problem you've got is, shout out to Daz Talks footy and stuff like that, and True Footy, You are really coming into the far of giving fans content. And I can't tell you how hard it is. You're watching hours of footage. Sometimes you're lucky enough to get one of the guys, Luke Lloyd, one of my mates went and watched him and he literally recorded it on his phone. So to get the footage, I was watching it off his phone and half the time I had to hear about his relationship problems in the audio because he was chatting to his mate, but he recorded it for me. Like there's actual hard work goes into this and it's great that it's there because the problem you've got, and if you go and say this, and I won't name names of journalists, but Kow writes his article and then go and read the articles after Kautumi. It's basically saying what Kautumi did and then flipping a few words here and there to make it look like you watched. And it's obviously haven't watched them. And that's why I pride myself on my draft content. We don't have the same pros. It's all an opinion game. And I agree with you. You know what the one has been in it. You also know what 25 has uh,
0: so is, in, he, is he cutting out? Or is that just me? Yeah, I, I think it's him. Paul, are you with us?
2: Is that me? Can you hear me?
1: No, we can.
0: Here you are? Okay, sorry, you were cutting out. I mean, I, from my end, you were cutting out. They about last two sentences no, again.
1: If you watch American Sport, their draft coverage is so in-depth. We know everything about peak 58, peak 63, and I think that is we don't have that in this country. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, You are cutting out a little bit, but I did get the gist of what you were saying, and it it led me... I thought about this today. I think we are maybe one more off-season away from the perfect storm. I think right now what we have, like the AFL... I mean, Cal Toomey is sort of the poster boy, if you will, from the AFL of, of draft content does a really good job. But the draft is so wide that the, the the pool is so wide and vast that it is time to bring in more coverage of it. I think obviously, Pommy, you do a phenomenal job there. Uh, Daz talks footy. There are a few YouTubers that are doing it. Um, and I think that perf- that's where the opportunity is right now. I mean, if you're a content creator and you want to find a gap in the market, it's the draft. It, it's the draft. Do the work, do the research. Um, I think that area can be expanded. Like, yeah, we can sit here and point the finger and say, oh, the AFR, we should get more coverage. Da, 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 da. But uh, I think there is also opportunity to go, go, and, to go and get after it. Um, and I would like to see more than you know, a handful of, of mainstream journalists talking about the draft because it is the same article repeated and
1: regurgitated. And I think it would prepare these boys for the system a bit earlier as well. Um, and yeah. I think Carly Reader's it's been a blessing in disguise, him being stopped because that's what he's going to get used to. In five years' time, the, the same journalists that are calling you a generational talent cannot wait until he's had a beer after a game so they can sling him down again. I think it's it's good for them. We should be seeing these boys as early as a year, I feel. Do you know what I mean? A year, we should be now hearing about the next year's talent now. Do you know what I mean? We should be hearing some great talents. And on my video, I showed you my power rankings for 2024, but we should be being interviewed by Cade Herbert, Levi Ashcroft, Finn O'Sullivan. These names should be now. These are the guys who are going to be the top 20 next year. Every Wednesday night, Friday night, buy this software to watch them play and see these next stars develop. I I think it's a massive hole. And uh, unfortunately, um, I don't know why it's not there. And I'll tell you why it is there. Uh, I'll tell you why it is there. It's so the AFL can keep the most fictitious thing in the world and that's Kaltumi's draft board being right because he gets the inside information of who they're doing and it makes them look like some kind of guru and that for me lessens our league because you wouldn't get a journalist being called up by Pep Guardiola to say 6pm on Tuesday we're signing Rodri for 80 million Mm -hmm. right the media work against the league in the UK we need a bit of that here and that will open it up then because then we'll start having these games on free to wear and why aren't they on free to wear? You know, if you actually put highlights, I really think it's a low hanging fruit. If you put, if you recorded a full game, just so you know, and you put highlights, because a few of my draftees last year had highlights that were handheld. They got copyright claimed by the AFL because they own the content for someone doing it. So let that sink in. They'll, They'll claim the copyright. So no one else gets paid for it, but they won't use it themselves. Well, I Great. saw. I think if you
0: look at this year, the last let's say twelve to eighteen months, the rise of baseline footy. They've used reels and Instagram to bring awareness to the current crop. Last year as well, I should say. And I think their rise and and the way that that platform has has blown up is a testament to that opportunity that's there. Um, I don't know if it's just as simple as play curtain raiser for the AFL season, organize the fixture in a way that you can do that. Um, but again, this is the time where I'm watching other sports and picking up on little things. So, you know, you got college college basketball, college football. Um, and I think that's where the opportunity for Ali comes from.
1: Mate, it wouldn't it be great? if we had second teams like the Tassie Devils, who's like, you hear the Americans, my team's the Lakers, my, 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 my university team is this, my college team is this, that they're really passionate about two teams. Wouldn't it be great if we had that here, that like, wouldn't it be great if we had a bye and then we played a carnival at the MCG in that bye of all the Mm. under 18 talents Like, I love Tassie Devils. They're my second team. I love watching them in the Coach Talent League. And that's why I'm obsessed with Tassie kids. Like, you you get it should be exciting. We should be getting really enjoyment out of it. But unfortunately, we won't see them.
2: Yeah.
0: Ari, do you care much for watching under 18 football?
2: Not as much as I think, not as much as I should as someone who watches and cares about footy. As much as I do, but I also think that's because of the lack of coverage. Like, it, like so if, I was gonna say, for like the like when I do like the Vic versus South Australia games and they're on KO or whatever, I'll flick it on and I'll be I'll be intrigued, but that's as probably as far as obviously barring like the baseline and the digital aspect of it. Um, yeah. that's probably as far as it, as it goes for me.
0: So, you know, on a Saturday, there's you know, round four. So, sorry, wrong example, round five. Um, the first game is usually what? 145, 115, whatever the first game is. If on KO you had an option and it was ten forty five or eleven fifteen AM and there was an under eighteens game on, would that would you be more inclined to watch the game or just like just have it on? Maybe watch yeah. the fourth quarter?
2: Yeah. Mm. Of course.
0: Cause I mean, look, this all sounds great, but without the audience. Without the appetite for a young, I mean, really, it's it's the audience is the younger audience moving forward. Yeah, um,
2: and, so. and should, I I think the main problem, I don't think the main problem, I don't think the problem is the audience. I think it's the accessibility. If it's right. there, people will watch. I'm a hundred percent.
0: I should just live stream the damn thing on their YouTube channel. It's
2: not
1: like, a lack do. of technology. Yeah. What What's funny is though these games are on the AFL website and stuff. They just it's usually bundled away in an article somewhere, yeah, making yeah. something else. So Harley Reid, the best game Harley Reid played, literally was a feature article where they said, "Oh, the best of Victoria's talent goes up against the best of Victoria's talent. Perspective number one is going to be showcased, and it was at the bottom. Click to watch this game, but." Nowhere in the main article did it say, Saturday at this time, you can watch it free by here. That should have been the feature. Hmm. Watch Harley Reed number one. They just wanted to fap and blow him into oblivion. And I I think you could start small. And I agree with Bugspo. If they promoted it, everyone would watch. So why can't we have a weekly show? Like, Kow Toomey seems to come out of his cave around October. We don't see him apart from that. Why isn't he got a weekly show where he's like, right, let's go to Victoria's Courts Talent League. This player stood out. Here's a f- one-minute highlight reel. This guy's gone really well. At this stage, he was picked six. Looks like he could be pushing for top three. And start to get to know these names earlier because these players aren't ogres. And the earlier they get used to it, It's Mm. so much better. And I I just feel like you could bite size it, even bite size it very easily for people.
3: Okay.
0: Well, speaking of draft, to wrap up the last item on the agenda tonight, I want to go through some of our best and worst picks. Now, I know we've had a lot of poor picks, but um, I'll start with who are, I'll start with you, Pom, then I'll go to Ari and those of you in the audience. Who are the players? that on draft, like in hindsight, it's wonderful, but on draft night, who were the players that when we drafted, you were just so into them and they ended up not getting anywhere near where you thought they would? Who were the biggest, who was the biggest version of that?
1: Complete setup. Uh, uh, yeah, it might be uh Liam, could be Luke Hodge, stocker, I reckon. I, I, I really liked, really liked Liam Stalker, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Might have got that one wrong. Just a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, once he's It's not like he's out of the league. He's just out of, once, the, out of the club. You can never be more wrong. It's a little bit like going out in the way, rain. You can't get more wet. So, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't think Stalker's that bad because he's not out of the league.
0: Uh, no, Samo, he's,
2: he's good Sammo Stop, his,
0: that's good. the one that's the type of pick where you're like yep i'm on board um ari who was yours
2: we both alluded to it pre pre pre-show but um it's troy Menzel. i i i don't know what it was i don't know why but i just thought left foot medium small forward. To, to partner Betts and Garland and Yaron, I thought, I thought he was going to be an absolute superstar. And then he just, I don't know, 2014, I think was the last year he did anything of substance. And then just, no idea. I went to Adelaide. Did he play a game? I don't know. But um, yeah, that that broke me. I remember he was like, you know when like you're kicking the footy around like in your living room or in the backyard as a kid and you pretend to be players? Mine's Troy Menzel. Like everyone's could be Jard or Betts or Fev. Troy Menzel for me. And um okay. just a shame. He didn't
0: he didn't make it. Okay. Blaine cursed. that is a good one. I'll give you one. I was I was gonna say Troy Menzel. there's a you know Facebook do like on this day, ten years ago, nine years ago. So the night we drafted Menzel, like I had I had put a, a Facebook status, which was my I guess my Twitter at the time, in capitals. We've got a Menzel.
2: you live you learn it's disgusting
0: no the other one was kane lucas for me and especially because he was
2: he, he showed something early on as well
0: yeah i liked the look of him and then i i added him on facebook at the time and he accepted and he wrote back to my message and i thought oh great this is my guy um I have a knack for not being very good at picking these types, so that's why that's why I don't do draft content.
1: Anyway. Blame Burkhurst. Do you you know if you actually go back and watch that draft? That was Saucy's last year at GWS. Uh-huh. And they have actually got the full draft on YouTube. And it's one of the best things you ever see because Calton go, We've picked 19, we select Blame Burkhurst. And just look at Saucy's face. Saucy's like Fucking agreed to go to these bastards next year. What the fuck's they doing? Like you can see he's genuinely taking it back. And yeah, you kind of, yeah, blame Burkhurst. Troy Menzel's a good shout, actually. Yeah. John Holden,
0: Chris Massey and Murray Vance in the 90s. Huge raps didn't deliver. I now know about Murray Vance because of Gridley and Footy Grid and playing along with you guys. Uh, High draft pick didn't do much. No, nah, John, I did not have anything to do with the 2024 Carlton calendar. But if Zach Bish is in there, I might get myself a, a copy.
2: What just you put know? his month. That don't change yeah. it. Just put his month in the background. Yeah. What about um, trades? Um,
0: trades. Trades. I also have. Uh, we have. A, we got a McGovern when we when we brought in Mitch. Um, trades. Because I, I, I was I, all over Jared Pickett. Uh, no, I, was, I, love yeah. I, I was gonna say yeah, I think
2: yeah. I tweeted something about Motlop saying we've got a Motlop. Um, <laughs> it's in the similar vein. So fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed it doesn't end up like like the other two, but
0: trades trades that didn't go well. Oh I got sucked into like Daisy and Mick and bringing in like premiership experience. I was also holding on to the dream of, you know, that group, the Murphy, Judd, Gibbs group. And I thought Daisy was just yeah. exactly what we needed at the time. in <laughs> Britain. And then it got to the point where I got really mad because people used to be like, oh, Daisy was actually pretty good in 2019. And he was getting like 19 touches a game. And I'm like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. So if you watch
1: somewhere. my count and people, you actually know the answer to this question. But my favorite player before Charlie was uh pick 32 trade, Andreas Everett, who we managed to sneak oh, into yeah. the team of the decade. He was going to be superb. Everett, there is a, there is a world where the Charlie Kerno song is Andreas Everett. I there my is a world,
2: I, my, I think Everett and Matt Wright kind of fit in the same boat, I think, very similar. But I, I,
0: I was around. I got around the Fasolo hype train. I definitely got around the Fasolo hype train. Gee,
2: that, that didn't
1: last long. I um, remember. I remember starting the show and someone getting into an argument. With you in the live stream that Thomas Bug was going to get forty, and then you had a bet with him. And two days later, he was sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I've made some bad calls. Never that bad. Oh. <laughs>
0: Um, Richard Hadley was from Brizzy Premiership midfield. He was, you, you know what? I didn't mind a bit of Hadley. He played in our 2009 final. I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him. Um, I thought I Brock think- McLean was also a good one, but no.
2: He was, he was serviceable from memory. All he right, was, fine. He wasn't then. Billed,
0: okay. He was billed <laughs> as like, you know, the, the help for Judd. You know the one that's just going to be the extra body in there for Judd, anyway, and just couldn't get to the top of his body. He had—I mean—he wasn't a bad player. He just, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a hype machine.
2: I was, I was a sucker for Lamp Sumner, um, mm. and then why? Because he, he could run. It was very quick, uh, and um, shame bad, he couldn't. Shame there was not a lot of other assets. All right.
0: What are the other ones? What are the ones that turned out for the better? Like better than expected. Oh god. Oh, I'm I can now put Josh Honey on that list before we wrap up that, that segment as well. Pom got me so hyped about Josh Honey. Fuck
1: <laughs> <laughs> my fault. My
3: fault.
0: It was my fault for believing. It was my fault for getting sucked in. I just I liked all the attributes. Um, who were the good ones? The ones that have been done amazingly well.
2: Oh look, it's it's really early, but I've been I was on the Brady Camp hype train when he got oh, drafted. Yeah. I just thought once he comes back from his knee and he could get some game time, but that's too early. And also he was like a relatively high pick, so I'm not gonna necessarily claim that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Is this not just a bleak? kind of indictment that you are struggling to find names. Well, no,
0: if you think about it, there are some really good ones. he uh, has got it. I thought Armfield did a lot better than what we thought he would.
1: We love Dennis.
0: Yeah. I thought Dennis ended up, be, yeah, like, pretty solid. Judd is the clear. Judd's the best thing that's happened from a trade So we're just service. doing
1: trades that went well.
0: Trades or draft. Like, recruits. Like Nick Newman, I think, would fall in this category. Like, you yeah. didn't know what you were going to get, you were not sure, but he's surpassed expectation.
1: I, I agree that. with that. I agree with Ari. We take the piss out of the Stocker call and the Josh Honey call, but the Kent call that came out well. Uh, he's sensitive, relax, Jesse Motlop. <laughs> that turned out well as well. 27, I think. Uh, Newman. You know who I actually think's the best, and we don't talk about it, and he doesn't get enough love? Uh, Ed? delisted. I mean, uh, unregistered free agent picks, so are PSP. Matty always. True. Do you know what I mean? What, yeah, one minute he's playing basketball. I remember doing the show with you, Terry. People going, why are we picking up a basketballer? He's older. They're ten a penny. What, what, a, what a get. Matty Owies is, do you know what I mean? Because usually that pick that we picked him up in that system... Usually they're working at Coles in two years, and the guy's our most dangerous, our most dangerous forward this year, outside of the big guys. Uh, what what a player! Yeah, good call, good call. For those
0: who were watching the Blues in the nineties, correct me if I'm wrong. What was the name of the guy? Number nineteen.
2: El Balding? No, no, no. He
0: kicked, he kicked like fifty goals in the season had the long hair with the ponytail. Um, I know his name. Uh, Left footer, I think. Brad Pierce. That's the one. Wasn't he like a random pickup from, from nowhere? I think that...
2: Yeah, Brad Pierce. That's oh, I saw, uh, I've seen Sam Carriage's name in the chat. Scary I'll pay that.
0: You. I'll pay that. It- didn't want I'll to pay Sam Carey, yeah.
2: Yeah, that I'll game for Sam the Crows against North at um Telstra Dome where he kicked like six or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I'll
0: even I'll even give Andreas Everett. He was the first one I thought that would be off the list and then I, he became a critical part of the team.
2: I, like I said, I think Everett and uh, Matt Wright uh, in that bracket of under very understated but just did their job. Just did mm. their job.
1: We're fine. And I mean, before this year, I think we could have probably used Matt right because we needed some Colts out of Oh, John, dog. don't fall out with me. Aaron Mullet, hey, I won't say a bad word about the Muzz dog, mate. Not on this show. Mullet gets yeah, a whole sure. pass. Gets a whole pass. Imagine playing that many games and getting delisted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Player. That's a stitch-up. That's what it is. That's a cool job.
1: hero is is Muzz. If, you, if you're if you watching Aaron, mate, number one fan, buddy. Oh, Oh I've got one.
2: To... I've, I've got one for the other for the other topic though. The yes. ones that we thought were good but turned oh. out not that good.
1: Okay. Kill a boy. Oh because of that goal in preseason. Yeah. Because Remember of that goal it? from what pre-season. A what that <laughs> that I saw that
2: and I thought it's it. we, we've got game. I was like we've we've got Stephen Milton and Eddie Betts and just combine them and here he is. I was. Well, no, I was one we, boy
0: Trade. We were in a a dark, dark place. I watch that goal
1: at least once a week. It it's literally saved in my phone. I enjoy just bringing it out because the commentary is elect, electric as well for a preseason goal. It's absolutely <laughs> stellar, absolutely stellar, brilliant. Good shout, yeah. Harry. Yeah, there Josh Deluca. Do you remember mid? We've never. We didn't really have good luck with mid season. Do you remember? Just yeah, so keep that goal I against the Saints.
0: Let go a little bit too early. This is the other part. Do you think some of these players would have fared better if they were drafted now to our club? Like, how much blame? How much blame do you apportion to the pick was wrong or the club
1: slash environment was wrong? I think with the right chairman and an actual coach, they would have probably been all right. Like, I'd imagine Michael Voss would have realised Josh Deluca isn't a forward pocket. <laughs> Gibbons
2: he could fit in in one of these
1: categories yeah, Gibbons 100% good. Gibbon's 100%, good. 100% Gibbons I think Voss would froth him guy yeah. that can play mid- midfield who can also because because the last two coaches were very typecast weren't they they were very typecast like he's too small to be a midfielder Gibbons and, and DeLuca but both destroyed VFL, State League football, yeah. destroyed it. Not even close. And they were always desperate for Crips' out, weren't they? Always desperate. And we played them forward pocket or sometimes full forward. Right, you played Michael played- <laughs> Newman full forward. Who, who's up? a pick? Do you guys have a pick that I know some of you, like everyone gets into the draft. Was there a guy that you were adamant? Because we had a lot of early picks. Time to be a humble brag time for everyone in chat and you guys. Is there someone that Cowton took early that you were adamant he was the wrong person? Like, do you have a favorite in the top 10? Because we've got a few bad top 10s, let's be honest. I was
0: was skeptical of Samo and then I watched him play and then I was right on board and then like it, it, it went back. You know, obviously he's out of the league now. Um, I was always fascinated by taking O'Brien at 10, um, but I didn't know
1: what. <laughs> I always felt better when toss did his post Roundup and said that we took him because he's mates with Paddy Dow and we had real success oh, at GWS yeah. taking people who were from the same school to acclimatise. And I'm like, it's fucking Bendigo, mate. It's just down road. Like, I did say you got an Uber. Mm. Cruiser. Was I- cruiser, really? I was down for I
2: was gonna say we've also drafted in a lot of
1: high-end talent. Mine was have- Chesney. Mine was Chera in that draft. Uh, I, I, I was. I actually showed that on a video the other day. My my power rankings that year, and it was Cam Rayner, and number two was Chesney. Oh, are you saying
0: are you saying we drafted X and you wanted the other player? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So we picked oh. someone and someone like oh, really
0: Orton. I say it, I say yeah, I say it every I say it nearly every week during a season. It's it's Philp was there. Listen, love Sam Philp, but like Robert Devin Robertson was on the table on the board. The captain of the WA team was there. And I was doing Sam-
1: I did that live with Dane. I remember doing it. I and mean, Dane was so excited because we were like, it's Devin Robinson. Calton have- yes. Cal- are here. It's Devin Robinson. So we were cheering and then they went, we've picked 20, whatever it is. Calton select Sam Philp and me and Dane were like, who is he real?
0: I would not believe it. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, actually that's probably the only time where I had done some research or just had a theory of what I wanted.
1: If there's ever oh. proof, the most overrated, Asset, is pace Sam Philp is it That was that's old school football mentality because telling you now he was pick 40 all day all day he was quick, not much else and yeah, it's one of them ones that will bite us in the arse, Devat Robertson consistency and kicking was his negative, but look at him Oof. Devon, come home Dev, what could have been We'll probably trade for him because Carlton have got an uncanny knack of trading yeah. for the player they should have taken.
0: Yeah, Bugs Bell. This is interesting because at the time we had Murphy and we had Gibbs, the previous two number one picks. So I, it made sense, and we didn't have a ruckman from memory, did we?
2: Jacobs was that later on?
0: Nah, that was well. No, that was a bit later on. I think Kane Ackland was our ruckman in two thousand and six. Um. But I thought at the time because we had Gibbs and Murphy, like the midfield pieces were kind of there, and Carrazzo was was still there. Um, Carranza, what a man! I thought we didn't, we didn't allow. We put Cruz into the AFL straight away, and I think that might have been what hurt him in the in the long run.
1: Twenty games off the bat is mental.
0: Yeah, for a ruckman, when you got peak Shane Mumford playing, like. The big, the big boys are in there. Yeah.
2: Also, weren't many of his injuries, like the ACLs
1: and stuff. Yeah. Don't forget it.
2: You can't really,
1: unfortunate, wrong place, wrong time. Though. It's always a risk. It's a real interesting risk that when you look at key position players, and I always count rooks as key position players, because I think that they kind of get forgotten about, but I think when you're drafting, it's very hard to take a key position player. So, and judge where they're going to go as well, because there is so much risk in them three years for stress fractures, hernias, all sorts of things can go wrong as they grow. So, Cruiser grew quite a bit from when we drafted him till he was 21 Mm -hmm. as well, which went against him, which is very similar to Charlie Kerno, because that patella injury existed when he was 16, and the operation was offered to him, but because he was growing, they advised against it that it could be something his body works around. But If you actually go back to the Harry McKay draft, and I always laugh at this, Sam Wiedemann was... I mean, sorry, the Jacob Wieter draft. Everyone was on the Wiederman train. So a lot of the pundits were saying key position defenders are a higher risk than a key position forward. And loads of clubs had us going for defenders and going for forwards. So it's it's a real risk when you're that early. And it's why you don't see... Many go that high, who probably deserve to be like. And Bugs right. You look at Gone, mid, mid, mid pick. Do you know what I mean? Grundy again, ladies and the average They're genuinely, that's why I'm hot on Mitch Edwards this year. He has the shades of he's played with men and he's got the size, and then you don't need him. That's the key thing. You don't need him. But you can see the potential. They shouldn't play for two years, three years. And there is a great argument. Some sports scientists talk about key position players shouldn't enter the draft at 21. And that's why. John, that, that's it, John. Yes, yeah, Shaqie. They were huge on Carlton, were mental. Shaqie was a generational talent. I think nine <laughs> out of ten draft boards had us taking Shaqie. And that's where you can fall wrong. Because any idiot can kick goals if you're tall in junior football. I can tell you, any idiot can It's not that hard. It's a height game.
0: Mm. Well, we got that draft incredibly correct, incredibly right. Can you imagine Love Shark now?
1: Love Shack, baby, Love Shack. True, we, we
0: do tend to focus on everything that went wrong. There were a few things that went right. And what, and, and like, you know, one draft can set you up and one draft, that, that one draft has certainly set us up.
2: Drafting two generational forwards within two
0: picks of each other is pretty good. True. And now you've got the best defender and the best forwards training on each other every day making each other better yeah um, it's just yeah it's it's great D-
2: does it's that great. does that kind of I mean it's sidetracking a little bit but does that kind of make up for the other poor ones that like sauce you can say whatever you want but he got 2015 and also you could say that kind of was the obvious pick or Mikhail widow with the obvious picks or whatever but he's got three of our Three of our top five players were in that draft, and then you've got Cunningham, who has the who has the world at his feet, and Silwani who, while being a father's son, still has like is an incredibly valuable footballer. Does that kind of make up for the other bad ones, or is he still in the shit books? Um, I think he's yeah.
0: I mean, he did some pretty shrewd moving to get the picks that got us Harry and Charlie. Um, I think net net loss, but that was a big
1: win. Not by much. Not by much.
2: Like a net loss, but not by much.
1: I think the big thing people forget is it's very easy. The the percentage rate, apart from the pick we took SPS at, historically, that's where you're getting the best players from. So if you're drafting with ones and tens all the time, you you should have a pretty good list very quickly. It should be. That's statistical. I think the problem I have with Sauce is I think he's, he's average. Right, which is good. Average is good in this caper because you remember the bad list managers, right? Um, I think Nick is a better a, a better acquirer of talent, as proven from his time at Richmond, the doggies, and that I think Soss maybe has the old school negotiation, which is dying in this game. Teams are becoming fairer. Look at Graham Wright at Fremantle, but I do think if you look at Carlton's after ten, and I always say this about twenty fifteen, remarkable Jeff in was pick one. I think if you look at them junior years, if you were redoing that, your arguments are: is it Clayton Oliver or is it Jacob Wieter in? And I think when you look at Murray Bush Rangers at the time, Shacky was the only tall in that side, so his numbers were very inflated. And when he played state for his for his national his representative side, it wasn't crash hot. But then I think Mackay was obvious. If you were taking a forward, Wiedemann had gone. The next best on form was Harry. And then after mm. that, Charlie, it was getting to the point where it was way too late. You know what we were talking about with our first rounder this year, our first pick? Same scenario. Charlie was a top five player who had fallen so far that the risk now was negated. Do you know what I mean? Is negated. And you see him, while you make this great point, Crips. Crips is that big problem in the AFL. They get excited by inside midfielders who are already built like men. Cripps wasn't. So that's why I always say Jason Horn-Francis overrated because he was a thug compared to the kids. Massive compared to them. You've got to look at them idiosyncrasies. Jake Rogers is a guy to watch this year. Quite pans because he's diminutive. Watch him play though. He plays like Cripps. He's a brute. And he'll be all right with men. Some of these bigger boys when they come up against Cripps and Cripps is throwing them into the stanchion, see if you're big and hard then. A lot of them won't be. A lot of them won't be. Mm.
2: Just, just um, like maybe a little bit different because this guy's a key forward, but Jed Walter seems like a 28-year-old man's body and an 18-year-old. Um, is, is that a similar case or will it be different because he's
1: a forward? Jed Walters falls into the Jacob Weirding category. You can see his size, his application, the way he plays – and it's what he does off the ball. So if there's a difference between Archer Reed, who, in my opinion, is the next best key behind him, do you know what I mean? Nate Caddy is that mid-sized player, so I'm not going to class him as a pure tall. But you look at Archer Reed. big difference is his Walter's intelligence. Like, you see that when the game's not going his way, he's still making them leads. When he's not kicking five goals a game, he's still supporting his man. So when he comes into the AFL, he's not going to be the star. A goal course, they're not going to say, right, you're playing full forward. We need 60 goals from you this week, right? They're going to say to him, learn your game. Learn your game. Feed your wind. Levi will take the bigger body. Matt King will take the next bigger body. You're playing third. That's important. So I think you've got to look at it that way. Like talent is one thing, but you can't take talent if you need it as well. That's where North have got a problem. You've got to take someone now as well. That comes into it. Calton, if we had pick one, in my opinion, Colby McEacher is a better player for pick one than Harley Reid is. Harley Reed is a perfect player for Cowton. We don't need him to be brilliant. We need him to be brilliant in the future. But Eagles need someone to play today. So you could make the argument then Colby McEacher is like Sam Walsh. He's going to be 30 touches. You build your midfield around him. Harley Reid's the icing. So it's where recruiters have an issue. So Jed Walter, I think, would be pick one. In my opinion, if he wasn't tied, I think he's the best forward in this draft. And I think most of the top four need a player like Jed Walter. Most of the bottom four clubs would would need a career generational forward. But AFL's corrupt, and evidently because you go to school in Gold Coast, we'll just give you another free pick for Bantz.
2: <laughs> Not like the AFL to do that.
0: Bugs Bell just wrote here. I don't remember this exactly how it went down, but Bugs Bell saying he remembers exactly what happened when the AFL took our picks away. So they removed our picks Friday 5 p.m. with the draft on Sunday, leaving no time to appeal. Imagine doing a whole off-season of draft content only for our picks to get taken away like that.
2: Imagine that live stream. Oh. <laughs>
1: Five. Far more
2: (laughs) 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 Tom, Tom, where are you?
0: Who was here in the chat? Who was here when we were live streaming the trade period where we thought we were gonna get Papli and we counted down and Papli and Sauce didn't appear into the room and we were doing the watch along? Who was here? Because if you were, congratulations. I I I was unfortunately. Yeah, it was you and me on stream.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) I was gonna say I was unfortunately.
0: (laughs) I remember your first sentence back was, you know, you don't piss in my pocket and
3: tell me it's raining.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good times. Good Good times. Imagine how
2: life imagine how differently life would have turned out if that happened. (sighs) If we had have gotten Papley. It's the Doro's fault. Let's get that nice and clear.
0: Whose fault really was it? Was it really the Dora's fault?
2: Yeah. Because he didn't want to give up two. What was it? He, he wanted two firsts for Danaher and then they didn't get it. And then the next year he ended up leaving for, for like less than what he wanted or whatever.
1: Because if Sydney had gotten Danaher, they would have gotten it at Papley. Yeah. If you remember, there's a heartbreaking interview. I think it was two years ago, 2021, I think their list manager was quite open about it. And Papley was happy to go. Sydney were happy. It was literally hinging on the Essendon deal. And, you know, Dodoro being Dodoro, wants eight first naming rights of your next two kids. yeah. And and that's why when people complain about Nick Austin's thing, look at the deals Nick Austin's got on the back end of being openly fair. Blake Akers, there was a great interview with Fremantle saying that Graham Wright, former Fremantle, he's now at Collingwood, talking about how it was easy to get the Schultz deal done because they've got good credit in the bank and they know they'll look after each other down the track. Look at the acres deal. They came out and they wanted a second, late second. Carlton only had a third. That deal got done in about 12 hours. So it's them little things that do pay you back down the track. It's having that good camaraderie. Do I like it? Not really. But that is how this league works. And you've got to play the game, unfortunately. And... Yeah, yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game. Canelio, do you remember Canelio? That was all locked and loaded as well. And then Gil was like, Oh no, stay and I'll pay you two million off the fucking books through some hooky companies, you know, but I also took Calton's picks off them for doing the same ten years ago. Well done, Gil. Cheers, mate.
0: You know what? Those that um GWS we'll call it that wave every year where like there was just the next GWS name that was coming, there was Canelio, there was Shield. Taranto is the most recent one. I'm grateful okay. none of them actually landed for us. Like oh imagine we try to pick one for shield.
2: That <laughs> is that
1: different. would have been a disaster.
2: Like, we would oh. be Do
1: you remember Wayne yeah. Carey? He they, they've started that with Harley Reed interesting and I that, that yeah. I've been doing lots of videos about don't trade Harley Reed because yeah. that was Wayne Carey's argument with Calton. Calton needs to give up Sam Walsh and Tom bring Boy. in Tom Bog Harrison Petty, them That's players right. and Remember, get that like, yeah, yeah get creative yeah do something yeah get, get, try, get try try a generational talent
2: for four fringe players
1: generation for talent for three guys that currently don't work anymore one guy <laughs> that okay he's a professional Instagram model and one guy who just gets in the team yeah brilliant oh. bravo Wayne hey, oh, yeah, look, well hey. <laughs> i
2: want to try to <laughs> find that um that thing, if possible, because that was all time funny. When he Which goes, thing? The, you know what, was the, the, oh, when he mate. says, like, they should trade whoever whoever they said.
0: I'm gonna find it right now. Oh, got it.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: 9th of July 2018. The draft
1: doesn't work. Oh, this is brilliant. Stand by. The worst was Paul Ruse did well as well. Do you remember? And it was with Adelaide, it was John Gallucci. Uh, Paul Seedsman. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. But he was very similar to Wayne Carey's deal, but he said he'd go to Adelaide. Yeah.
3: There we go. They will get the number one pick. They're going to finish on the bottom of the ladder. What's Matt Lloyd's face just he says it. The reason why I say to them, trade away the number one pick. An 18-year-old right on. Now,
1: Trade, away, not, the trade, trade away the for number one for an Andrew one. Gaff,
3: a star a, player. A, 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 no, no, no. Guaranteed no, not, star player. Not just <laughs> one star player. I'm not going just after an, an Andrew Gaff or a Shield or one of these guys. I'm saying go and have a look at clubs that have got big depth, Richmond, Melbourne and these clubs. Pick up three or four players. Examples? Bo-
1: Give us an example be, of
3: Melbourne. Be bold. Well, you've got Bug, you've got Dom Tyson, <laughs> you've got Frost who just got back into the team at Melbourne. So there's plenty of fringe players at Melbourne that aren't getting an opportunity. they <laughs> trade the number one out. pick for VFL players. So do you th- would, a, would an 18-year-old going into Carlton, no matter how good he is, is he going to go into Carlton and make a massive difference? Look at Rainer at Brisbane. How much of a difference is Rainer? Number one pick. Don't get me wrong. Developing very nicely. But how much of a difference has he made to Brisbane is, this isn't year? Isn't that what they're saying about Carlton's list already? That it's already filled up with too many players from it, other clubs. It, it, it's already jokes. filled up with too many number one draft picks that haven't come on like they thought would come on. So you're they saying they need to go and be bold and brave and get a number of players that can come in and impact this club uh, straight away next year. So they year. go to one club that's got a number of fringe players that are still good players and package it up three or four for the number one Absolutely. Right. What, That's if they, what, I think. what if they get another Kurno to play at the other end of the ground? And what if they get a dud?
1: <laughs> what, what happens if they get Sam Welsh? Now, Sam Welsh is potentially a number one yes. out of the Geelong Falcons. This kid is ready to play. He's ready to play football today. So he'll play in round one next year, probably. But is he going to make a huge difference? And I difference? think he is going to have an impact right. in his first year. He's pretty... pretty he won cool. the Lark so medal would you, the championships.
3: Even so, are you, him? so are you saying... So you, you think he could come in and have an impact? And there's a lot of people... Oh, no, I'm sure he'll have well, an there's, impact. There's number ones. The number ones are littered down the line that have not come in and had a big impact. I'm not bagging all number one picks. And I'm, I'm simply saying... You talked about developing of, of players... Well, clearly, if they've, if you think Carlton have struggled to abs- absolutely <laughs> develop, you know, these young players, I, I sort of disagree to agree because Cripps and Kerno and these guys look like they're developing nicely. I'll say the problem it's a I'll huge say risk, a it's a get get risk. A guy like Wiedering at the moment, everyone's having a go at Wiedering. Wiedering's playing in a defence that is is really poor at the moment. We know that uh, obviously Dockett out of that Munch team. Some Frost he's one of the leaders, but he's he's playing in a defence that doesn't know what he's doing. He's going he's taking the number one forward. It, he should be being an intercept player in the development stages that he's in now. If you put him in a good team, we'd all be raving about about Jacob Weidring right now. The problem with keeping on going back to the draft is that eventually Murphy and Cruiser and Simpson are going to fall out of this. That's team. right. Draft doesn't work, and it's you're just going to be
1: in the same problem. Uh,
2: what a time! It's the what?
1: names as well. Like it, it actually gets worse. I just want you to go back to the AFL year when he said that, and the players he named, apart from I think Frost was first emergency. Most of the time, them guys couldn't get into the team. It was like it's effectively to use it today. It would be like West Coast Eagles trading Harley Reed, right, for Patrick Dow, Paddy Dow, Zach Fisher, Jack Fisher. And Alex Murkoff is what they're talking about. Because one of them guys didn't even play senior footy, he was just a development player. And maybe Park pick 22. That was the trade suggestion. So just imagine West oh. saying, Yeah, we'll take two guys that aren't your best 22, but do do when they're injured, and one of your developing players, fantastic. On oh, 22 is how. Why, do- Why don't the media get criticized like the players do? That's Are they got paid blocked. Yeah,
0: Swear, Wayne Kerr, yeah, Wayne Carey got paid for that that night.
2: Yeah, I think he's come out and backed his and like doubled down. I don't know how recently that was. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. This Fuck. is why. You know what?
0: That is actually a classic example of why this channel was created.
2: So, Because I yeah.
0: was watching shit like that and I'm like, y- y- you can't be serious. This can't be the best content available talking about this stuff.
2: So what the thing about Pop alluded to before was about Paul Ruse. I've got the, the screenshot. So Paul Ruse elaborated on that. So he gave okay, up he a did. couple of he gave up a couple of of options. So the first option was trade pick one. So this is this is actually quite funny. So the option was trade pick one to Adelaide. Yeah trade pick one for and Jordan Gallucci. No trade pick one sorry for Jordan Gallucci pick 18 and pick 13. So we get a random and then two mid-range picks. He goes, get pick for pick eight, go and get Sam Walsh because he was going to slide to pick eight apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Or Bailey Smith, which that would be good. And then he goes, trade pick 13 for some of Bug, Tyson, Billy Stretch, Wagner, Sam Lloyd,
1: Holland Smith, Zach Clark. Wow. How good, how good did the media rate Tyson as well just quietly, yeah, like he, yeah. like fuck me like god. The Do best you know bit of that though is I'm Cam I'm Ling convinced Ling it was his
0: him. name. I'm convinced it was his name. He had a really cool name, Dom Tyson. Like, it was a good name.
1: <laughs> the best bit <laughs> of that. Yeah. No, uh, the best bit of the bug. Carey clip though is when he names the players and Cam Ling just totally does the best put down ever. Goes, you trade pick one for VFL players. <laughs> Quality by Lingy. Absolutely <laughs> underrated comment from the media from Lingy. <laughs>
0: you know the rule, Wally. Never draft someone with two first names.
1: That's true. Unless they have the S. Remember, you can cheat. Oh, it's not okay. hard to have the S at the end, make it plural. <laughs>
2: What a time! Imagine uh, if we, we rolled around that semi-final, instead of Sam Marshall and Don Tyson and Bug. And that Holmes that's Smith. the big
1: difference with Europe, right? Because you've won a, a, a Mickey Mouse trophy and a flag. You're allowed. If I said that on one of these shows, if I said right now Harley Reed from West Coast Eagles should be <laughs> traded, right for for in. It, in some man- to, to Hawthorne for Denver Granger Barras for Chad Wingard. I would be rushed out of the country. Rushed out of the country, but because he's he's won a couple of flags, he gets away with it. Absolute disgrace. Well, wow. well.
0: Wow. <sighs> anyway, it's, I missed the footy. Good. I actually miss it for the first this is the first week. I missed the footy.
2: When's the first open training?
0: I don't know. I think Surely, we'll
2: find sh- you will sure you're in the know.
1: Not, I want to know. I don't I don't know. Normal, normal, normal fan, just like you, just like me. Yeah. How good, how good do you reckon Dom Tyson would have been at Carlton, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, he that, would have been one of those that, players that we were speaking about before. Yeah. Well what if there is a what if Duck is a genius and there is like a transient world where Calton traded and Sam Walsh wasn't as good as he was and Sam Frost became AA key position defender. Don Tyson had the twenty seventeen Dusty year. Do you know what I mean? Like just imagine there is an alternate universe where Don Tyson is currently the best player on the planet. Ah oh, dear. Quality. Do you know who
0: did, you know who didn't get a mention before,
1: Reese Palmer.
0: You know oh, new environment. He's you know won the Rising Star. He's going to come to Carlton, come to a big club, playing in front of,
1: of, also, fans, the of a lot of fans. Also won a Moorish medal. They don't hand them out. He did also win <laughs> a Moorish medal. <laughs> what is a Moorish medal? Is that best on the right ends? Best junior footballer yeah. It's like the Brownlow for kids. Yeah, it's like a Happy Meal Brownlow. If yeah, you know, only Fair good not. players get it. You're guaranteed to succeed. Yes.
0: Yeah, chills. Um Can't confirm. We'll see. Can't confirm. I've I've got plans potentially on Friday that may chew into my Saturday morning because
1: Terry bullied me about the Marish medal. If you all remember, <laughs> you, you could do a hungover hungover Bay Saturday story.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. I could do. I've done. Plenty of videos on this channel hungover. None of you knew. Or maybe you did.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon if you... Not confirmed. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> it. You know which one? I actually specifically remember it. Do you know when we belted the dogs in 2018? Oh, yeah. 2018. So we won... Uh, was it
2: 2018? No. Yeah. It no, 2018 we beat the bombers. you meant.
1: No, no. 2018.
2: No, we beat the Suns and the
1: Bombers. Twenty eight. Yeah, you on about the twenty nineteen game when we beat when some SPS had his game? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. And Harry kicked like three goals, four,
2: whatever.
1: So I did like a
0: watch along type video where I did like a a review of each quarter, pre recorded, and then uploaded it. So it was like four videos in one. I I was severely like I'm talking like ninety minutes sleep severely hungover um, I'll never forget it and then I remember thinking like nah doesn't matter this is the truth this is what you did this is what you did last night and you're just going to show up like it is what it is luckily I think only 31 people have watched it um maybe not now if you go back in the archives you'll find it it's I was in the chat. I was not right I was not right yeah
2: that's one for the archives
0: one for the archives
2: that's that's one a subs we we go back and watch
0: yeah john are we doing an end of the year get together i am in talks with a couple of venues i have not got anything confirmed yet what if and when i get something confirmed i will let you all know um but i am i'm chatting to some venues uh if anybody knows of some venues let me know let me know if you know if you know somebody that has I a know. nice you what icon park would be great yeah i don't want to like i don't want to um i don't want to like promise icon park on the on the stream and you know get people's hopes up but that would be ideal um also so this has been uh, an impromptu extra 40 minutes but i'm down for it um if there's anyone that needs a will done get in touch with me i've sent a few emails about it uh if you need your wills done
1: reach out I've got so you funny. It's a serious thing, Ari. Yeah, no. I know.
2: Nothing. okay Ari. Get your will done, I
0: Alz. Was, I was actually going to lead into what you had sent me earlier today, but... Uh,
2: oh, sorry, okay. sorry. 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 Sorry.
0: Yeah, get uh, your you know.
1: will done. Ari, you need your will done. What happens if you die? Seeing, Who's going to offer your shoes? Seeing
0: as it's a laughing, a laughing matter, let's see you talk yourself out of this one, buddy. <laughs> My shoes? Ari. No. Ari, tell us about your family friend.
2: Okay. Yes. Sorry. One second, oh, you have yes, you have really put me under the under the spotlight, well, mate, under the spotlight. Mate. Yeah, mate. Yes, sorry. So, everyone, um, my a good friend of my mother's, um, her through people she knows, someone that, that she knows, her kid is currently in hospital fighting a very serious battle. Um, if you obviously the the GoFundMe details it far better than I ever will, but um, a really sudden, unfortunate turn of events. This um little it was it, 11 year old boy, Will Master current supporter has gone through a very unfortunate um time. Family under a lot of distress as as always. So um yeah, the GoFundMe details it far better than I than I ever will and goes into and goes into the specifics. Um so yeah, any help, one dollar, ten dollars, however many it is, um, it does mean more than the world. Um it's we're all part of this big calm community. So um yeah, any help would be absolutely terrific um yeah it's one of those it's a real splash of cold water in the face of a lot of people that life is not fair and can be very very short so um yeah just one of this one of these very very unfortunate things but you can help um help get a community um behind behind this kid will because um yeah he's a he's a supporter and we need to back each other in so yeah any any help any awareness any donation would mean more than the world Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, we're sending our thoughts with young Will and his family. And uh, I have put the link to the GoFundMe in the comments there. So if you are watching this after, uh, get in touch if you would like to, um, to help. Guys, that's us. It's 8.40. Um, thanks for hanging out. That was fun. Ari, thanks for being here. Pommy, thanks, thanks for being happy. here.
1: Hey, uh, my pleasure. Thank you to the audience for being here, more importantly. Love yeah,
0: we love you. We will see you throughout the week. Pommy, we're catching up. Oh, last last thing. The yearly BA draft previews will come out this week. Pommy and I are filming them this week. Uh these are these dogs. Folklore, mate. These are massive. You don't miss these ones. They, we we have picked our players every year doing these. So uh, looking forward Bonds to
1: that. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Otherwise, good night. Go Blues. Peace. See you guys.